pray with me again, please. Uh, Father, I thank you so much. Thank you for a beautiful day. Uh, thank you for the truth that those songs uh, convey, Lord. It's all real. And Lord, there's people in this room today that don't know you. Uh, I know that. And some may know of you and think that's enough. Um, I just pray, Lord, that you'd move in these brief moments and you'd show yourself to them in whatever way it is. God, I am not uh, good enough to do this, and I certainly, uh, man, I, if, if this is about me, it's going to be disastrous. So I just pray that you would take, uh, I don't know, take this time, these brief moments, and use them to, to do what you've always done, Lord, and heal and restore and save. In Jesus Christ, let me pray. Amen. So a couple things get out of the way. No, I'm not dying. You probably see my red face. I get this. Someone came up to me one time, genuinely concerned. It was like, are you okay? Is something wrong with you? Because when I get incredibly hot, this is what happens. Which leads me to the other thing. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be here long. Don't worry, because it's very hot in here, right? Raise your hand if you think it's hot in here. If you visited this church or a regular, we constantly get complaints that it's frigid cold. And now, and now we see, don't we? What it's really like. Which do you want? Pouring sweat or shiver a little bit? So, <laughs> me too. So um, I want to take a couple minutes, guys. I, I really don't want to keep you here long, but I do want to take this time um, because some of you I'll never see again. Um, and you're, you may run out of here, and some of you will never get this opportunity to talk to you again. And I don't have personally anything great to say to you, but I think it's important that as we celebrate what's going to happen today, which are, are people, um, man, making an outward declaration of, of, of something that happened to them, that out of a transformation that happened inside. Now, listen, we live in a culture and a time where it's very easy to take this religion stuff, right, and you just put it in that box of like, yeah, that's what everyone says. And you're going to come up with all the reasons why and all the reasons that it's not real and all the reasons you shouldn't listen to me. And that's okay. That's okay. But I want to tell you, that's, that's kind of what I want to talk to you about today. A lot of, pre, some of you in this room's preconceived notions, even if you're, there's some Christians in the room that are probably in the same boat, your preconceived notions of who Jesus is is what's led you to never truly come to know him, to never truly uh, come to a place of peace with God, because here's the, here's the reality, and I'm just going to say it being one of these. A lot of times, you base God, who Christ is, on his followers, right? Even as, even as I'm talking, some of you in the room are thinking that, you, that do know me, all my bad qualities. There's plenty. I can give you a list later, right? And some of you in this room who've been hurt by the church or by other people, you're automatically thinking, hey, here it comes, right? You know, here's the hypocrisy and all those things. But I want to I take a second and maybe flip this, flip this on its head for a minute. Here's the truth. Christianity, Jesus, us, here's what it's really about. It's about lepers and thieves. It's about lepers and thieves. See, here's the truth. In this room today, most people, most people, unless you're on that upswing of faith, right, where you're feeling good and praise God, stay there. But sometimes in those valleys, we fit into two categories. You feel like a leper or you feel like a thief. And when you look in the Gospels, I, I say this all the time, not as a bragging point, but because I want you to know I've been there. You know, I didn't grow up in the church. I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't churched, and that actually hinders me many, many times. But one of the things I was shocked by was to learn who Jesus was. And I learned who he was by the way he treated lepers and thieves. Now, I'm going to tell you, in, during Jesus' time, uh, lepers, skin disease, right? We can look into it now. It's a virus. It's um, pretty bad. It makes you rot away. There's a smell. Did you know that? There's a smell. And they were considered unclean to the Jewish 
faith to the Jewish leaders. What does unclean mean? Unclean means they are unholy by their very nature. It's the easiest way to put it. They can't come to the temple and worship. You've got to stay a certain amount of feet away from everyone. You don't touch them. You don't interact with them. And not just because you catch leprosy, but the truth is it's because deep down people were afraid they're going to catch the sin. They're going to catch the, unclean, the uncleanliness. And that's a real thing. So lepers could go, once they had lepers, could go their whole lives without being touched, without being spoken to, really being pushed outside, not being able to worship, you know, their God even. Hated. Now, here's the thing. If a leper came in here today, we can say what we want, but a lot of us would scoot down, scoot down the, the seat, right? Lepers. The people that are outcast, the people that aren't good enough, the people that God has turned his face from was the message they were told. God doesn't want you. Because you're unclean, because you ha- this happened to you, so you must not be good. <clears throat> and the truth is, a lot of us in this room feel the same way. I do. Maybe it's something you did, we'll get to in a second, right? You actually did. Maybe you messed up in your life. You messed up big. Maybe you even tried to make it right, but at the end of the day, people, people forgive, but they don't forget, right? That's the old saying. Some of you probably say that, hey, forgive, but don't forget. And so what we do is we try to distract ourselves from the fact that deep down, even if I'm able to stand close to these people in the front row, I feel like a leper because I'm not really allowed to be close. And when I come into church, right, I'm not really allowed to be here. I'm not really wanted here because X, Y, Z. And so a lot of times we cover it with two things, right? We'll cover it with anger. Some of you are angry. I get it. Because whatever has happened to you, whatever you've done, at the end of the day, you are sorry. You don't want that to happen. You hate what's happened to you. You hate the fact that you're cast out. And at the end of the day, there's nothing left but anger. Your sorries are never enough. You can't clean off the, the, the stain of your mistake. You're a leper. You may not be able to see it on the outside, but that's what you feel like. So Jesus comes on the scene. And I love it because Christianity, right, we take beautiful things and we make them normal. A good Jewish man, a person, is not going to come within, can't remember, 15, 20 feet. Can't catch it, can't touch it. So Jesus comes on the scene and a leper comes to him because he hears he heals. And he thinks, if I can just get even within shouting distance, maybe, maybe he'll heal me. Maybe, maybe for one time this, this, will, this will be real. Maybe something will change. So he comes to Jesus, and he makes this plea in, in Matthew chapter 8. When he, cut, when, he goes to, <laughs> when, he comes to, when he comes to this leper, the leper comes to him and says, if you're willing. He doesn't even dare say, hey, if you come and, you know, and, you, and you heal me, right, if you come and touch me, if you're willing, I can be healed. He doesn't even ask him. Why do you think he didn't ask him? Because how many times can you face rejection before you say, I, don't, I can't hear another no? So you kind of throw it out there. Have you ever done that? Some of you in the room, I do that sometimes, right? You ask without asking, if you're willing. And the most beautiful thing, you guys can find the story. And Jesus comes up to him. Right? And Jesus, it says, Jesus touches him and says, I am willing. And he was healed. Now the healing's cool. Right? I mean, that's the miracle. But you know what I think is so beautiful? 
He touched him before he even told him he's willing. The man who hadn't been touched in years. The man who had never been, who had never felt good enough. The man who, who was a pariah, get outside of this. The man who, who could never come close to God. And all of a sudden, here's this man that there's whispers. Is this the Messiah? Comes and touches him first. You think his disciples were right beside him? I don't think for a second. They stayed back, right? Imagine their shock as Jesus approached and and touched him and says, I'm willing. He met all of his needs. He needed to know he was loved, right? That he was valuable before he was even healed. And some of you in this room need to know that today. That someone's made you feel like a leper. Someone has pointed out the fact that you messed up, right? Maybe it's now, maybe it's in the past. Maybe you're even over it, right? And you're successful now, but deep, deep down, that leprosy, still feels like it's in there, right? And you can't let anyone see it. And that's really why you don't come to God, because not because you hate him, but because deep down you think he hates you. The other side of it is some people in the room are thieves. What I mean by that is you have done wrong or doing wrong, and you're like, man, if I've heard this so many times. I'll get my life cleaned up, and then I'll go to church, right? Church ain't going to save you anyway. I'll get it right. Once I get fixed, I'll, I'll go. Once I get my life right, I'll come to God. I've had family members tell me this. What does that mean? They know that what they're doing is wrong. They know that what they're doing is a sin, is a mistake. They know that what they're doing, right, that their actions have caused them to be separated. They feel guilt and shame. Maybe you even deserve it, right, in your own heart. I deserve what came to me. I think that all the time. So many things in my life that, that are bad that have come to me, it's because of my own actions. That's a fact. And in those moments, if you're anything like me, I feel kind of like both. I, 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 even today as I talk to you, I'm like, man, he can't really want a thief here. Now, why do I say that? Why do I see a criminal? Because it's the same thing. You guys know, right, Jesus on the cross between two criminals. They call him a thief on the cross, but let's be honest. You don't just crucify the most violent form of death to some thieves, most likely, murderers, rebel rousers, that's what we say down south, right? Troublemakers, they did something wrong and bad. And it tells us at the beginning of this that they mocked him, both of them. Oh, you're the Messiah, you're the King of Jews, why don't you bring yourself down? Why don't you save yourself, these criminals? And as the day wore on and they got closer to death, the one still in his anger, in his guilt, continued to curse Jesus. Now remember, this other guy had cursed Jesus too, but in this moment, something must have clicked, probably in Jesus' response. If you guys were in a lot of pain, right, physical pain, and somebody's insulting you, if you're anything like me, I'd be trying to rip myself, right? I mean, hey, I'm having a rough time right now. Can we not talk about this, right? I want to attack back. I want you to be quiet. But Jesus didn't. We don't have any recorded words he said back to them. And something about Jesus, some moment flipped the heart of the thief, the criminal. And he looks at Jesus as his other friends mock him. He says, stop, I'm gonna paraphrase. He said, you, we deserve what happened to us. We're guilty. But can't you see this man is innocent? Can't you see what he is? And then he stops and says to Jesus as he is close to dying, living his whole life as a criminal and a thief. And he says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Just acknowledging, right, something changed. And the most beautiful thing, man, I'm about to, I could tear up every time because I am that thief. As Jesus looks at him weak and weary and close to death long enough to say, 
rest assured, today you will be with me in paradise. He was guilty. He was bad. He sinned. He hurt people. And even then, Jesus said, today, in this moment, when this ends, your life's not really going to end. You will be with me. Why do I tell you all this? Whether you're, you're in the room and you feel like a leper or you feel like a thief, here's the beauty of Jesus. Don't look at me. I'm going to let you down. Don't look at your Aunt Jemima. She's going to let you down, all right? I have to find a ridiculous name or somebody in the crowd is going to have that name, all right? There's a Jemima. She walks out. No, whoever it is. You can't look to them at the end of the day. There's good people to emulate, but at the end of the day, they'll let you down. You have to know who Jesus is. So whether you're the leper, things were done to you, you feel dirty, you feel clean, maybe you were the thief, the criminal, and now you feel dirty, whether you're in it now, either way, you feel like God doesn't love you, he doesn't want you, he couldn't accept you, you got to fix yourself first. Did the thief fix himself before he said, remember me? Ain't much fixing to be done from, from the cross, is there? Here's the beauty. Jesus. He's willing. He's willing to come to you today. He's willing to come to you. Who? Yeah, you bad person. He's willing to come to you. Yes, sinner. He's willing to come to you, criminal. He's willing to come to you, liar. All the names you call yourself, adulterer, drunk, I don't care what it is. He's still willing. And if you're the thief and you're the criminal, you're like, well, you know, this sounds good, but i got to get all this fixed first. You'll never get it clean enough. It's never going to be clean enough because that's the gospel. The gospel isn't be good enough so you can be saved. It's the admittance that you're not and that he is. The gospel, let me tell you in a nutshell, everybody that comes here knows, God made everything beautiful and perfect. Fact. And he said, hey, you can enjoy it all, but there's one rule. This is really what it boils down to. I'm God and you're not. I'll tell you what right and wrong is, and guess what? Just like we do today, we don't like to be told what to do. I don't. And so we rebelled. We rejected that. And because this perfect God, and we were perfect with him, because of that, the relationship was severed like a branch off a tree. We were severed. We were infected with the disease. Listen, at the end of the day, even if you could clean up all your bad stuff, you can't fix the darkness and the brokenness inside of you. You can't and you know it. It doesn't matter the drugs you take, the bodies you lay with. It doesn't matter the success you chase. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, it can't fix it. You can't clean yourself up enough. You can't give enough money to the church. You can't serve enough, and you know it. And a lot of times, this, this Christianity that we've been told says, man, you got you to earn it. And that's what we do to each other, right? We, you, you get saved and we start saying you got to earn it, but you can't. So because we were separated from God and all these symptoms are just symptoms of the disease, right? When I got a cold, I'm going to cough. I can take a cough drop, but I still got a cold. You can stop lying, but you're still a sinner. You're still separated from God because that's what sin is. And you know it, just like I did when I sat in your chair. I didn't know the word, but I knew that I needed help. So thousands of years of human existence have showed us what happens when the branch is off the tree. We start doing and acting and hurting and tearing each other apart, right? Look at the news. Look where we're at today. We don't know what to do without them. And so we create all these different ways, these different religions and these different things to make us feel good about ourselves, but it never works. And so what happened is God, when we couldn't come to him, when we couldn't clean ourselves up, came to us. Jesus Christ existed. Jesus of Nazareth existed. 
period. So what is he? C.S. Lewis, I say it all the time, he's a liar, a lunatic, or he's the son of God. That's the only options he give you. He's not a good teacher. He's not a decent guy. He's not a philosopher. He's not Buddha. He is the son of God. He's a liar or a lunatic. And most liars ain't going to die on a cross. So what is he left with? Is he who he said he was, or is he a crazy man? Crazy men don't perform miracles. He performed miracles. He told us the truth. He, he, he touched the untouchable. He loved the unlovable. And he does the same thing today. And here's what he did. He died. An innocent man died on the cross. It happened. And on the cross, something crazy happened. I'm going to need to go back. When we, because we're sinners, we're guilty in the eyes of God. Now, before you say I'm pretty good, this is the best analogy I can give. I'm going to come into your house. I'm going to kick your dog. Throw your grandma down the stairs, burn your house, all right? And then I'm going to go and say, I'm good. And when they take me before the judge, I'm going to go to the judge and say, hey, 364 days this year, I was a really good person. And they say, okay, you can go home. Is that justice? You wouldn't think that. So at the end of the day, it's not good enough. The Bible says the wages of sin are death. We're separated from God, and that means the end result is he gives us what we want. That's what hell is. It's separation from God eternally. So what do we do with that? Well, he died on the cross to take that. He substituted himself for you. You don't have to worry about how it works. It just did. He paid the price so you don't have to. He died. On the third day, he rose from the dead. Todd, that's crazy. 500 witnesses said it happened, but you'll believe George Washington crossed the Delaware because somebody painted a picture. When it comes to this, we don't trust it. It happened. The Bible says this beautiful thing, that whether you're a leper, whether you're a thief, that he is willing. It's really simple. The Bible says if you confess with your lips and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and was raised from the dead, you will be saved. What does that mean? Reverse the decision. Come back and say, Jesus, I know what I've done. I don't have to understand it all. Forgive me. I want what you offer me. And something beautiful happens. He takes your sin forever. Forever. But we'd be in trouble if that's all it was, if he took it, because we'd sin again. And he gave us the benefits of his perfect life. We traded roles. We traded records. That's it. So if you're in this room today, you don't have to know me. You don't have to ever see me again. But if you're in this room today and you, you can't say beyond a shadow of doubt, the Lord forbid that you walk out and a bolt of lightning hits you and you stand before the throne of God someday, that he says to you, I know you. If you can't say that, don't leave here without that happening. He loves you so much that he's still willing, no matter if you're a thief or whether you're a leper or anything in between. Today's the day. It's a divine appointment. You think you just came here to swim and eat some free food? No, nah, you didn't come here for that. He just got you here with that. He's offering you a chance to have new life. There's people, if you're saying, hey, I don't know how to do that, I could trick you. This is how I should trick. I could say, put your heads down. A bunch of rebels wouldn't. But you'll put your head down and say, who wants this? And you raise your hand and I'm going to go, hey, everyone, go behind this secret door with me. That sounds creepy, right? That's what I had to do. <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you that. But I am going to tell you this. When they did that and I raised my hand, I didn't know they were going to tell me I had to go to the back secret room. So when they said, everybody go to the back secret room, I said, nah, I ain't going to the back secret room. And somebody behind me said, and I say this all the time, I say it to you today, this is a real story. Someone I'll never, never meet said, you don't have to be afraid. And I say that to you today. You can respond today. There's people in the blue shirts that will pray with you. You can find me and I'll pray with you. You can pray yourself if you're willing to do it. And if that happens, you know what? We invite you. You can dive in that water too today and say, I'm new. I got towels and shirts. It's all good. Pants, we'll figure that out. All right? But at the end of the day, take that seriously. And if you are a believer in this room, don't ever forget who you were. 
Don't ever think that you're the one teaching with Jesus. Because without him, we would just be a leper or a thief. Pray with me, please. Father, I thank you so much for your goodness, your mercy. I thank you that you're willing. Thank you for what you did for us, Lord. I pray for everyone in this room that they would be encouraged today by how much you love them, by how much you've pursued them, by how much you want to save them, even from themselves, that, God, they don't have to worry about beating that addiction or stopping what they're doing, God, that you will meet them where they're at. If they're willing to say, I'm at the end of me, Lord, forgive me for what I've done. If they can acknowledge that and ask for you, in that instance, the Bible says, you will save them eternally. And I pray that for them, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the celebration we're about to have, and uh, we just praise you for your goodness and mercy. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.